Welcome to the Women in STEM podcast. I am your host, Kelly. Hello, Aisha. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, Kelly. Yes, I would love to. Um, I'm Aisha Noel. I'm an imposter syndrome coach and applied psychologist. I help female entrepreneurs actually overcome imposter syndrome um, and, yeah, become visible, like, who they want to be and who they need to be for themselves and also attract clients in that way. Wow, thank you for coming on. Um, Imposter syndrome seems to be a very hot topic at the moment, but could you please explain what imposter syndrome is? Yes, so imposter syndrome is not a disease, this is what I always say. Um, It's a psychological pattern in which an individual doubts their skills, their talents, and their accomplishments, so they can't internalize their own success and they have a persistent fear of not being good enough and um, despite having all the proof that they actually are so they might have a certification a diploma or the experience interesting and are there different types of imposter syndrome yes there is um there has been a lot of researches since 1974 uh, when first they found out about imposter syndrome and what is shown is that there's four four no five types um you have the perfectionist you have the superwoman or man um you have the natural genius the soloist and i believe the expert and so there are five types um i can break them down um well, the first one, the perfectionist, um, is someone who actually um, excessively creates high goals for themselves. And when they fail to reach a goal, they experience major self-doubt and worry about measuring up. So um, whether they realize it or not, um, they also are a bit of control freaks. So um, they feel like they have to do everything right and they have to do everything perfect. Um, and they have to do it all by themselves. So that's the perfectionist. Um, and then you have the the superwoman. And the superwoman is, um, most of the times, the superwoman, someone who identifies themselves as a superwoman, identifies themselves as the perfectionist as well. So they um, also think that they have to do it all by themselves. Um, they often push themselves to work harder and intensely harder. Um, and they have this false cover-up of their own insecurities and um, they, they act like they can do it all, you know, and that it's just easy breezy, but it's not. Um, and they actually don't put a lot of effort in their own mental health and their own self-care. So they more focus on giving, giving, and giving. Um, Then you have the natural genius. And this is someone who um, maybe when they were young, they used to, everything would come easy to them. So maybe they get got to school and it was all super easy for them. They didn't have to work really hard to, you know, get the great grades. Um, Or maybe they had like the side job and they just excelled at, most of the things that they did. And then they come in a certain point in their life that the bar is different. 
um, and and things become become different from there. Uh, so maybe things are becoming more harder, and they they think to themselves, oh, if if I if it's not easy, um, then that means that I'm not good enough. So they have the feeling that everything has to go easy, um, and with that they set the bar really high because. Um, they expect so much of them to really flow by, um, which is not the reality, of course. Um, and also with them, if, if it's not something, if they can't do something quickly or fluently, um, they sometimes can panic like, oh, um, <laughs> what am I getting myself into? So you have then, uh, we're now at which number? Wait, yeah, we're now in number four, the soloist. And um, the soloist is, someone who thinks that through asking for help um actually think asking for help shows weakness um and they feel like they need to be independent um and they need to do everything by, by themselves but also um really really hard for them so they're due i mean they don't ask for help that's what i wanted to say and the last one is the expert and the expert feels like they measure their competence based on what and how much they know or can do. So they believe that um, that they will never know enough, and they have the feeling that um, you know they don't have enough knowledge. And whenever they might be in a meeting or something else, they really over prepare. So they um, yeah, so they so they have enough knowledge because they're afraid that there is a moment where I don't know enough. Um, so they don't want to be posed as the expert in itself because they're, they're afraid that um, that means that they need to know it all. And so it all, all of these different types of imposter syndrome, the difference between them all is how they measure success and how they measure um, actually their worth and their worth of, of their results. So with the perfectionist, it's all about they measure the way if something is perfect enough that's how they measure if they're if that's good enough with the superwoman it's they measure the way they can do it all uh, so they can do everything um in the natural genius they measure the way in um how easy they can do things and how quickly they can do things um and for the so the soloist they can they measure it in how um, how most they can do it, um, do it very independently. So all the things they can do alone and, and DIYing it. And the expert, they measure success or um, their worth or their result worth by the how much knowledge they have. So there's different types of measurements of the success. So that's what you need to know when you look at the imposter syndrome types. Is this a bit clear? Because I <laughs> yes, <laughs> this is a long thing. <laughs> yes, thank you for explaining the different types and the impacts that it has on people. So, how can people actually overcome imposter syndrome? Um, so overcoming imposter syndrome is. I always say that imposter syndrome you have levels to it. So um, some people experience high levels of imposter syndrome and other people's really low levels. And I feel as if because it's a pattern that is triggered by something. So um, when you look at 
you know, maybe you're in a meeting and um, you have you have a question is asked, then imposter syndrome can pop up. So every time you have a meeting, it's triggered or every time you have an achievement uh, task, it's triggered or every time um, you get into a new career or get into a new relationship, like change happens, it comes up. So what I always say, you can't fully overcome imposter syndrome. And if people say that, it's uh, it's definitely a scam um, because it's trigger-based. Trigger so you don't know whenever the imposter syndrome feeling pops up. Um, but due to training and, um, and actually help, you can see, okay, these are the tools I need for whenever I feel the imposter feeling, I can quickly come out of it. Interesting. And how do you think that imposter syndrome specifically impacts women in STEM? Um, well, I feel like women in STEM, first of all, most of the times women in STEM are the others, right? Um, there's not a lot of women in STEM. And most of the times when you're in that in the workplace, you don't see people who look like you. So what imposter syndrome then um, how you can experience imposter syndrome them as a, as a per person in STEM, as a woman in STEM, you can feel like you're not good enough um, because you don't see a lot of represent representation. Um, and what happens is that you go overworking because you have the feeling that, okay, only when women come here is because they have to be better than, um, their, than their colleagues. So you overwork, you overwork, you overgive. Um, you might be very humble. So um, you might be not telling about your results. You might be not communicating what you've done in a day. Um, and I feel like that happens a lot with women in STEM because they have the feeling that their results will show everything. But most of the times people don't notice it. So you, you tend, tend to overgive. Um, being hypercritical, so um, really being not even the devil's advocate, really critical of, oh, I did this wrong, or how could I make this um, this stupid decision? And also, maybe also the, the question, who am I to state this, um, state this opinion? Who am I to show this? You know, every every time that you do something or want to voice or want to negotiate maybe your salary, because that's what I see with women in STEM as well, that they don't negotiate um, because you know actually that you deserve more, but feel like when you get in that stage, it's hard to actually voice out that you deserve actually more. So it's hard to communicate that. Um, and also not always stating your points or in the meeting. So maybe you have incredible ideas, um, but you feel like you should um, or let other people speak. They actually don't negotiate. When they try to negotiate, it becomes really hard because um, they have the feeling that they don't really know how to communicate that the things that were good enough. And because also they don't really, what happens a lot, they don't really measure all the things that they've done. So they don't keep track of all the things that they've done. They just do it. And what happens then when, whenever you're in a negotiation position, they don't negotiate at all. Um, and 
um, they often also feel like only hard work um, is the result of success. So only working harder, giving more, uh, becoming better, um, doing things uh, better than the other person is the way to go, way to get success there. And they, they might be readily satisfied with their own performance. So, um, yeah, I, I feel like this is, <laughs> I've talked a lot about this, but I feel like a lot of women also burn out or leave in, into depression because of the overworking and the overgiving and feeling hard to receive help as well. Right. And do you think that there is a difference between uh, how men and women experience imposter syndrome? Um, yes and no. So men can feel imposter syndrome feelings. Um, you know, they can still not internalize their success. They can also um, feel like they do need to do it all by themselves. Um, and they can still also have the feeling that they need more knowledge. The difference with men and women, um, so I feel like men can have the same signs, but the difference um, men and women is the external factor with it. So with men, um, men have been pushed from, from young age to, you know, get results, um, you know, show off. That's, that's how, how men have been shown to um, actually be in this society. Whereas women have been shown to be um, shamed upon when they became successful, that they've been heavily judged uh, upon, um, that they've been um, told that their dreams are too big, wherein men have been mostly celebrated. So the difference in the experience is that with men, it's more saluted and more, um, you know, more actually, um, it's, it's more, um, how, we, how do you say it? Um, it's more stimulated to show off your results, whereas it's, it's not with women. So with women, the, the difference with imposter syndrome is that most of the times, women um don't talk about it um women with the salary as well women don't don't show their salaries or talk about their salaries um there is this shame upon when when women become more voiced about you know being confident and um that men or other people will see them as bossy or um tell you tell them like who, do, who does she think she is and even the question who does she think she is is not something that men get heard more um, women get that often and that's the same question that people with imposter we experience imposter syndrome ask themselves who am I to and whenever they you know voice out their results they get that feedback back so it's it stays longer most of the times with women and they actually did a research and it, and it showed that men and women experience imposter syndrome, but I have the feeling that women experience it longer and in higher levels. Interesting. And what has been your personal experience with imposter syndrome? 
Ooh. <laughs> so um, I actually came into an environment where I felt as if, you know, being humble was, um, was, was, was something that was really applauded. And you needed to be humble. You needed to get results. You needed to get more knowledge. So that's how I was raised, that if I don't, don't get my diploma, my diploma was my first husband. So my worth, and that happens with a lot of people with imposter syndrome, um, my worth was heavily attached to results. My worth was heavily, heavily attached to things. So my diploma or my knowledge or um, the way I communicated and I felt so from from a young age, I actually experienced imposter syndrome and I didn't even realize that it was that. So from a young age, I let other people tell me what my worth was. So maybe my teachers would tell me that, you know, something was really bad or um, yeah. So, so I would internalize the failures, the mistakes um, but not my successes. I couldn't even see my successes, even though, you know, I actually achieved a lot of things. So um, I did ballet for a long time. I got really high grades. But I also thought that maybe it's because I work so hard. It's probably because I have this, you know, I have all these books and I'm in an env environment where I have money for a computer and, <laughs> and Google things. So um, I heavily attach my worth to other things. And then when I was in um, high school, I got into a depression because I had, I had worked so hard, um, constantly, 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 and I wasn't visible for myself. So I didn't know what I wanted. I just knew that every time that I had a failure, every time I did a mistake, I was really hard on myself. And eventually, I couldn't really even look, in, <laughs> look myself in the eyes anymore. So afterwards, I went to university, again, great grades, and I, um, I always did extra things that, next to my university and my high school. So I was working since the age of 11 every weekend, so eight hours in the weekends, so 16 hours in total every weekend, which is a lot for a kid who's only 11. Um, and I always had voluntary work, always had a job next to me. And then when I was in university, I had two jobs and one um, voluntary job. So I worked really hard. I did a lot of things. Um, and I knew that I needed to work because I thought that my diploma wasn't enough. I need to have experience. So I eventually worked at like top firms for coaching and training. And then I got into my thesis and I researched how um, how black women and high educated, highly educated black women could get um, top positions due to psychology strategies. So I did my thesis on that. And I found out that every, every woman, and I inter interviewed 50 women, experienced imposter syndrome and that hold them back for the success. So then I realized, okay, this is, I started researching imposter syndrome and then I saw, okay, this is the, something that I'm feeling all my life almost. And I realized, okay, I need help with this. And I didn't see anyone really talking about this. There were not a lot of women 
not a lot of black women, especially. Um, and it was so it was already found out in 1974, but I didn't realize about it. So my journey started then that I just, you know, hired a coach. Um, I did a lot of research. I was really doing a lot of trial and errors on myself. I was guinea picking on myself to uh, actually become seen as good enough for myself and not only for other people, because all the time I was just, I just felt like not good enough for other people. Um, but also just inherently thought that I wasn't good enough. And I thought that I didn't have, this sounds really weird, but I, um, I didn't understand stood that self-worth is not something increase, um, when you get a job or increase when you get a, a paper because every time I got an extra certificate or an extra paper or a better job um, I was still thinking like what's next you know I'm I still feel like this um, so that journey became just I think I, I did about three years um, really working on myself and getting the help that I needed and then um, now I can actually call myself an imposter syndrome expert I can actually voice out that I'm an applied psychologist, which I, I am. But even when I got my paper, I was like, can I can I call myself like this? Um, and I help women now. I, I, um, I attract ideal clients. I get interviewed for the media because I voice out like this is what I do. This is what I can do. I don't need, you know, more knowledge. I love to get more knowledge. Right but I don't need it. And that's, that's a really big difference um, with how I was before. So my experience, um, <laughs> I, I just ticked every, every box from every imposter syndrome type. Um, I had it higher rates. And right now, what I now have is that I have the tools and whenever I feel the imposter syndrome feeling, I just know quickly, okay, okay, this is an imposter syndrome feeling. This is an imposter syndrome thought this is not who I am. Um, and you know, I can do this and I'm great how I am. I'm good enough. Even if, you know, I'm still learning. Um, and I come and I can, you know, own my expertise, even if I'm still learning. Wow. And speaking of tools, what free resources would you recommend to people who want to find out more about imposter syndrome or find um, ways to cope with dealing with the imposter syndrome? Um, so first off, I would say the, the first thing is, is going to sound maybe a bit, all these things are going to sound simple, but if they're easy, sometimes they're not. So the most common thing with people who experience imposter syndrome is that they can't take a compliment. So the first thing is to, whenever you get a compliment, say thank you with a smile. Always say thank you. Don't downplay yourself. Don't say, oh, you know, I did this or, oh yeah, but I've just done this. Just take a compliment for itself. Um, I would say the second thing is get an accountability partner. Get someone who actually shows you um, their truth so who's very transparent in their journey and also in um celebrates your small wins but also celebrates your dreams because what often happens is that we don't we can't internalize success but we don't even know what success is so we need to measure it and measuring it with 
an accountability partner who's also, you know, on the road of um, showing themselves that they're good enough, but also looking at their actual results and celebrating that is really a great thing. Um, I would say every Jensen Ciro book. <laughs> so if you, if you don't know Jensen Ciro, she is an author and she has this whole series of You're a Badass. And it's a really great book because you can confront your own limiting beliefs in a funny way. So it doesn't have to be very heavy. So that's why I always recommend her books. And mm -hmm. she also shows the personal everyday struggle so um, she has like a concept it's called big snooze in which um, we actually feel as if um, you know getting a, a, getting an entrepreneurship or getting a business is really hard right a lot of people are don't don't want to get that get into that step because they think it's all with risk so they rather risk 10 years staying stuck in a job that they hate then go work two two years on a business that they would might love so the big news is all about how we keep ourselves small and keep ourselves in a situation and feeling as if um, we don't have control over our lives while we always have control and choices over our lives so yeah those books are really good and I, I feel like affirmations and this is something i have a whole channel on affirmations I, I i guess you said that you watch my videos right yes i do yeah yeah so um affirmations are really good they're not a magic tool because some some people hypnosis affirmations and your imposter syndrome will go away um it's not a magic tool but really changing how you talk to yourself listening to different types of people telling you that um, you are worthy and actually hearing yourself tell it to you. So what I did, and I did this for years, I told myself, you know, I am good enough. Um, and keep it simple also sometimes. That's simple language is the best language that you can, can use because we, um, we need to have the automatic response of, okay, I see myself, I hear this, and I understand this on a deeper level. So being you're good enough, you're smart enough, you don't have to know it all, and you can still be good enough. You don't have to be perfect, and you're still good enough. You can make mistakes, and you're still good enough. Um, having those affirmations really help um, just show yourself that, yes, I can do can believe this but again it's not a magic tool so don't expect just saying three words and I said I have to say this that at the first few weeks maybe it will feel really uncomfortable saying these things to yourself because if you notice most of our thoughts I think more than 80% of our thoughts are so mm -hmm. the full day we hear a lot of negative thoughts and limiting beliefs so we are used to that we are used to getting criticized by ourselves we are used to thinking that other people will judge us or thinking that we will be criticized so when you start talking differently to yourself it's going to be uncomfortable it's going to feel like you're lying but actually you need to start doing it because otherwise your negative thoughts <laughs> will just keep on and you you will believe that those are facts while they're just unsolicited opinions that you don't need 
Um, and I think the last thing is really starting to become visible. So use Instagram, get a private Instagram page, a private Instagram page where no one, literally no one is your friend. You use a different name. You don't have like a profile picture. It's just your personal diary. And what you do there, and this is what I do as well, is I journal on it. I document my journey. I talk to myself actually about my days um, and I show my failures. I show uh, my, my breakdowns. I show updates. I do all these things because I love journaling and I know that writing helps. Writing helps remember you things. But sometimes having video, having audio, feeling and seeing that, you know, <laughs> you sometimes hit rock bottom, but also feeling like when, how happy you were with just that small win that maybe right now is just something like, but oh, it's so easy. It comes so easy to me, but you actually worked for that. And seeing mm -hmm. that the joy and also the failures and the mistakes that you made is such Ah, it's such a win. So definitely start that and um, don't tell anybody about it. Just do it for yourself. And then later on, really, you can thank me. <laughs> you can thank me later. Yes, that sounds great. And how can people get in contact with you? Um, so I have an Instagram. Uh, I'm Aisha Noel. That's just my first name and second name. Um, you can DM me feel really free to DM me. I always uh, welcome you with a gif and um, we can just talk. So I am now starting a group program, which is Unapologetic Mastermind. And it's all becoming unapologetically visible for yourself and others, um, showing your strengths and also really break free from imposter syndrome. So I give you psychology strategies and what I noticed that most people don't have people that are a few steps ahead of them, right? A lot of people have people that are in the same state that have dreams that are maybe not yours or really not as big as you want. So sometimes you need to get out of that environment. So I have like a really intimate group of four women who will, um, who, really are there to inspire you as well are going through some similar things but also have big dreams and want to tackle that imposter syndrome and become finally visible for themselves and see that their worth is not attached to something or someone but their worth is already inherently there and they cannot increase or or you know decrease their self-worth but they can um increase and um and decrease their feeling of success and really get those real tasks. So that's what I'm doing. I'm, I now have a group program. I'm still open for one-on-one -on -one coaching as well. Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on and explaining your experience. Thank uh, you for really, having me, Kelly. <laughs> yes, it's been great. And I think we can definitely learn a lot about imposter syndrome and how it impacts our life. Yes. And, um, I would love to, you know, I feel like this was, this was definitely more of an interview, but I, I, I was, I had just one question for you, Kelly, um, because you've been building this beautiful community. I, I known you from Clubhouse um, and I have the feeling that you have so much knowledge on just 
being such a great person, but also voicing out your your work and um, the results that you already bring. So what is what is maybe one thing that you could give the women in STEM uh, a tip or um, just an, an inspiration talk? <laughs> I would definitely just say to go and get started um, in any project or any idea that you have. It doesn't have to be perfect, but just um, start putting things in progress and everything else will fall into place. I love that. I love that everything else will fall into place. And I, I definitely agree with that. Thank you again for having me. I will be having a range of more episodes in the future. So please make sure to subscribe. And if you would like to connect with me and the speakers, please make sure to follow me at Kelly underscore engineer. See you soon. <laughs>